Hello, legends, and welcome to today's show. Catching up with Cub, as always, is brought to you by Cub, the Club of United Business, Australia's number one members club connecting our country's top entrepreneurs and business leaders. And today I catch up with my co-founder, Anthony Mullane. We discuss the challenges and lessons of this latest lockdown, and we share how keeping our finger on the pulse of our community has allowed us to push forwards and find the next evolutions and and next steps for Cub, including our new Sydney CBD HQ Clubhouse, as well as a revolutionary new app for all Australian business owners. It's a pretty relaxed conversation because it was just me and Ant chatting, but I hope it entertains you during the lockdown. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Club of United Businesses Lockdown Special. Today we're here with Anthony Mullane, co-founder of Cub and Cub CEO, Daniel Hakim. And uh, we're just going to talk some current topics and trends um, to to hopefully entertain our members and listeners for a nice hour or so uh, during this current lockdown. How are you, man? Really good, mate. Yeah, very bored, but um, <laughs> but getting there. But we've got plenty that we've been working on as a, as a team and as a company, so it's kept us nice and busy. Yeah, I mean, you kind of had that been – our first week of lockdown was, was nice because we had already – we were already in the Cub Country House before lockdown happened, so we, we just were. kind of extended our – our stay and how good's the country in times like this, man? It's it's reinvigorating. I felt um I felt a new man coming back oh, from that. It was fantastic. Me too. Me too. I only reason I came back is because after that I went to see my family at the family farm, and my sister and nephews were there, and my parents just watched the news all day, and I was going fucking crazy. I was like, I'd rather be locked in my own house <laughs> away from these people. But then <laughs> only reason I came back was because I thought we were in for another three days. Turns out we're in for another fucking three weeks. <laughs> anyway, we're here now. And, and uh, today, just to give uh, all the listeners a bit of an understanding what we want to talk about, we want to talk about the current situation and, and how we're dealing with it and lessons we've had that we think uh, all our listeners should maybe hear and, and kind of have ideas from. Uh, we're going to talk about some exciting things as well because fuck talking about all this bad shit it is a bad month. It's a shit month. It's probably the worst month Cubs had really ever in, in, it is. It's, in its recent history. <laughs> but um, we're here to talk about the good things and the positive things. And, and so we're going to talk about what we've got coming up as well because we're still working super, super hard, Team Cub. Uh, we've got an app coming out which we is going to revolutionise an industry and, and basically change the lives of, of every Australian business owner. Um, I can't stress that enough. We've got a new clubhouse in Sydney CBD. We do. Uh, and we're searching for a bigger one in Melbourne as well. Uh, we are growing the team. At, well, that's pretty much most of the big things that are happening. Not, not much else. That, that, that's, that's what's <laughs> happening for us. But um, um, and when we were going into this, we thought it was two weeks, why not? Yep. What has changed for you? What's been what's been surprising for you? What's been diff- what challenges have you found operating the team and running running the company? I think the first lesson um, is is never slow down. You know, never never defer, never push things back. Um, you know, if you've got got infrastructure in place to carry on uh, business as usual, then then do so. It gives your team confidence, it gives your customers confidence, um, and it, it allows you to stand out in a market where a lot of other people fold. Um, the other big thing that I think you know, has been a, a massive learning curve for us. 
um, is the management of the team, you know, especially with, uh, with your newer team members, maybe people that haven't experienced um, a lockdown before, just giving them the constant reassurance that, you know, whilst we always at Cubs set ourselves lofty targets, um, you know, as long as everyone is doing everything that they can possibly do within their power, um, you know, that even if those targets or, or, or goals aren't, uh, aren't reached, that, that, you know, the company still supports them and, um, you yeah, they've got the respect of the team. That's and, right. And it, yeah, in, in a team of A players, you know, people, people do get stressed yeah. when, when things like this happen. They still want to hit their targets because that's the sort of people that they are. Um, Bunch of hungry animals. Yeah. I love that. But, but you said a couple uh, things that I – I fully agree with. I mean, carrying on, like moving forwards and progressing, whether it be business as usual, whether it be in a new form that you can, you know, how you can act business in, in a lockdown, pushing forwards definitely incites confidence to both your team and, and your, your customers and, and confidence is 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 um, is comforting. You know, a leader is always confident or if someone says, no, this is the right thing to do, if they're the most confident, if they're so confident and more confident than anyone else saying that's the right thing to do, Odds are people are going to be like, okay, yeah, I back, I back that guy. You know, like, <laughs> so confidence is, is really important. Um, I, I, I fully agree. But not just for your team, first for your team, but also for your clients because then after your clients are kind of like, shit, these people are a great company. Like they push through a lockdown, they push through whatever. Um, uh, they're strong. I, 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 these are the people that I would trust to, to, you know, uh, to be providing me whatever they provide. Something interesting else, I reckon a lot of people are in a similar situation to us too, which is – that we have a lot of new team members because after the last lockdown, um, we were growing a lot. We 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 hired a lot of uh, new people, and now we're in another lockdown with new people. Absolutely, um, who weren't with us in in the first lockdown. So I reckon a lot of companies are going to be um, in that position. And I guess what do you think we've done? Uh, I guess you, you mentioned that helping them manage their expectations of their goals. Absolutely. And and just consistent, consistent, clear communication and touch points, I think, is is very important as well. Um, you know, those sort of fleeting moments where you get a chance to answer questions and things if you're in an office environment or for us in the clubhouse, they're not happening. So picking up the phone, you know, making sure that they know that they've got your ear and that if there's problems that need solving, that you're there to to support them. Being more like proactive as a as Definitely. a leader. I think that's a that's a that's a big thing. People when people get let down, they they perform worse. So I mean, they're let down by the government, they're let down by COVID, <laughs> they're let down yeah. by the world. Like you don't need to let them get let down by you, but by, by sorry, by the company or by themselves. You know, by feeling bad about not accomplishing no their goals, especially as a new team member. You've come in, yeah. You wanna you wanna show what you can do, what you're all about. You start doing really well, um, you get momentum, and then bang, you get knocked out by. By Gladys. Nah, I'm joking. I love Gladys. <laughs> Gladys you get knocked out by COVID. Um, um, th- that can be very demoralizing. 100%. And, and sometimes you need to tell your team, which, which uh, I mean, we actually did that this morning. You did? Which was, guys, don't be disappointed if KPIs are slightly lower. Than, than what we, we used to get. Like this is normal. This is – you'd expect that. that the, the, these are out of our control situations. And so long as as a company we're giving 100% yeah. and we're, we're doing everything that's within our control, yep. well, then that's all you can really ask for. As business owners really, that's kind of all you can ask that's for. That's all no? ask for. No right. doubt. No um, doubt. And how about yourself? What are, what are the lessons that you've taken out of the last, you know, five weeks well, first of all, this lockdown has been way worse than the last one. It has. I don't, Terrible. Yeah, this one because I think because it was – no one knows. The last one was extended. In the last one, we went and had a digital product 
and it was a fantastic digital product. It was the it was the best digital product on the market to connect business owners. Was um, and people uh, bought into that and and used that because they knew that we assumed all of us that we were going to be using it for a long time. It, the world was going to be digital for a while. Definitely. This one's kind of like oh, it's two weeks. No jokes. It's three. Nah. Just kidding, it's four, you know, and it's kind of like, well, everyone's like, well, I can't do anything. Companies can't pivot because it's not going to be long enough for that to make their while. 100% and so agree. everyone kind of pauses and and pushes back. And and I think that my, I guess my lesson is not so much as, as uh, regards to leadership, like what you were saying, mine's more so towards the, the government it, it, or, or just a, a concept is that when there's when you don't know, like can't make decisions, worse, can't spend money. You can't plan. 100%. And you can't so that yeah, you're right. You can't allocate funds, you can't do this. And and the government, you don't know what the government's gonna do. And cases aren't getting any better, which means so are we gonna keep going? Are we not? Are they then gonna decide, no, nah, fuck it, we won't record cases, we'll record deaths now. Uh, which I mean, I think that they should be doing. I think if you wanna if you wanna get vaccinated, get vaccinated. The, the world's open. If you want vaccination, go get it. If you don't, don't. hundred percent And just open us up. England's open. They had Freedom Day. The US is open. My friends in Europe are all in Italy and Greece. They're all traveling around. And we're sitting here. I'm sitting here at home. Yeah, having a grand old time. (laughs) And we're just behind. We're we're backwards, which honestly is pretty consistent with – with Australia's adoption of of new things. We're always always a little bit slow. slow, But but, uh, enough's enough. They've got to let us out. So I guess my lesson is we need to be, as business owners, we need stability and, and ways we can find stability um, for ourselves is by controlling what we can actually control. Yes. 100%. Is, 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 and, and most of the time that's your team. It is. You, know, yeah. you, can support your, you can support your team. But enough of the bad shit because I think that um, – I think I truly believe this is the last uh, kick to the, to the face that – Aussie business is going to really have from COVID. Mm-hmm. There'll be plenty of more. Um, uh, shit kicks. will happen. Yeah, shit, <laughs> shit, shit as it does Cannon happen. Will. But I think this will be the last from the last extended lockdown from COVID because the, the government's now gone to overdrive. They they've, they have the, politically to win to get the votes of the people. They have to get as many vaccinations and open up. Otherwise, they're not going to win. No and as we know, unfortunately. Sometimes the world's leaders don't always act in 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 the best interest of everyone else. They act in the best interest of being in power. So I'm going to assume that that this is the last. And what you'd hope that means is that we're going to have a roaring economy after this. And I think so. And everyone that pushed through and and uh, and rallied yep. is going to benefit uh, tenfold after. So agree. I mean that's my hope. But but uh, screw all that. Let's talk about all the good things we have coming up. Um, should we start with the clubhouse? Yeah, let's start with the clubhouse. Well, well, I mean, as everyone knows, uh, we're opening our second Sydney CBD clubhouse. We have been on the hunt for about six months. Uh, it's probably even more. We started yeah. longer than that. Yeah, we've, we've indirectly been looking for you know, probably 18 months. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> about three years ago we jumped the gun and started <laughs> looking. But, but um, our thinking was we want to be in the CBD. Yep. We want it to be – really special so that our members when they're there yeah a lot of business owners don't need to spend 1700 bucks a a square meter or or, you know 1200 bucks a square meter for a for an office they don't they don't need to do that so typically the large corporations they do that and our thinking going into it was well what if we could give our members a meeting place a place to come together that had that that really high-end 
you know, CBD. CBD, high-rise, yeah. a premium-grade building. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Governor Philip Tower, One Pie Street, <laughs> yeah. all that type of thing. And, and um, so me and Ant were running around the city. I had never even knew – I, I didn't know the city well at all before this uh, adventure, but after us running around the city looking for offices – um, uh, we, we, we now know every major building in the city and a city, and we had a, a really interesting time. I learned a lot of lessons actually from that experience. For example, I know what, uh, uh the current going rates are for incentives <laughs> for, 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 for basically discounts, um, for office spaces. And, and so now is a great time. Uh, I'm sure everyone knows to go find a space. Uh, and I mean, in That's the big towers, they were handing out 30% incentives 30%. like, uh, like nothing. So it's a great time uh, to go do that. But anyway, we went into the big corporate towers and we were literally. Heads a, of agreement. Yeah, signed, everything was signed. Days away from, from formalising an agreement um, in the uh, Governor Macquarie Tower. Yep. Uh, and I'm going to give a shout out to some of our agents that we used as well because they were brilliant. We only used two uh, and they were both incredible. But but uh, we were ages away. And I wasn't feeling 100% comfortable about I think you and Calvin. I, I didn't feel that anything in the high-rise towers, which were one Farah and um, and Governor Macquarie, had what makes a Cub Clubhouse special. I didn't feel that it felt unique. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like it felt like a destination, but I felt it provided that you know that inner city f- feel yeah, that, we, that we were looking for. We made it. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, we made yeah. it feeling like, hey, we're here. We we, yeah. we we can be with the big guys, but. But we were so close to signing anyway. Calvin, who uh, a lot of members know, Calvin Chilchik, who's going to be the head of the it's CBD be his home. business. Yeah, it's his. He was so keen. He wanted to. He was like, yeah, that's perfect. Get that one. Get that one. <laughs> we were going to do it because we needed something. And I had opened my big mouth to members saying, oh, yeah, it's going to be done. It's going to be done as I typically do. A day before we formalised that that contract, uh, and another uh, a different leasing agent, named Tom Bowditch, who I actually went to high school with at the St. Ignatius College Riverview. Cool. Anyway, Tom Bowditch was like, mate, you've got to come check out this space. It had been on the market for like four hours. Um, and me and Anthony go in, we walk through, we see where it is first of all. Now this thing is probably in the best location in the city you possibly could. It is. Do. I know that because it is literally next to Apple, Louis Vuitton, uh, all the, the, the some of the biggest brands, and you know they're going in the spot that are the best uh, are the best positions. So <laughs> there's a little hint for you guys. Um, <laughs> uh, so first of all, we're like, wow, this is pretty mad. Um, we walk in, and Anthony's face just turns to me, and he's like, Hol-, I could see in his face, he's like, holy shit, like this is the this club. Is cup. Yeah, yeah. What do you th- what what went through your head at that point in time? I could. It was a visualization thing. I could see the members in there. I could see whilst it was, you know, open plan that glass right around, yeah, glass right around. Members having a drink on a Friday afternoon. Boardroom full of people doing business. <laughs> I, I could daydreaming. see it. You know, I could see I was daydreaming. Yeah, I love that. But um, but it came. It came to me very straight away. Yeah, you know, it yeah. wasn't like I had to think about it. What yeah. goes here? What goes there? I was like, no, nah, this, this, this is it. Yeah, because yeah. you, I didn't see it at first. I, I, I really didn't see it at first. It, but I saw your face, and I was like, fuck, what am I missing? And and it's fantastic. You've got the glass wrapped around the whole thing. You've got views up and down uh, George Street, King Street, 
and you've you've got the hardwood floors, the high ceilings. It's beautiful. Like, it's pretty beautiful. And anyway, so we were like, holy shit. Sorry, no, I wasn't like, holy shit. Anthony was like, holy shit. When we left, Anthony looks to me and he goes, mate, we have to take that. We can't take the other one. This one, this one's better. This is Cub. It's not a, it's not a corporate tower. It's boutique. Uh, the building's owned itself by a great entrepreneur as well, which I loved because that means we're in an entrepreneur's building. We're an entrepreneur's club. Like mm-hmm. I, I love that it wasn't owned by some big fund. It, it just, it felt right. We moved and pushed on it so hard. The owner of the building was trying, was choosing between us and uh, a couple other companies who who, who also uh, very much wanted it. These other companies were much older companies than ours, uh, more established, you could say, uh, with longer financial histories. Yep. But we just pushed like, and I was emailing. I, I called the agent seventeen times a day. One day, I called him. <laughs> I swear, I called him one I day every hour on the hour. Yeah, just making sure he didn't forget about me. Because sometimes you need to like push them to the point where it's like, shit, I just need to get this done so that this guy stops calling me because yeah. this is too it's annoying. easier for me to just get it done for yeah. him. And I will say that uh, our man, Tom Bowditch, uh, the leasing agent that found us this space, what real estate agency? I think CBRE. From? Yeah. from CBRE. We should probably confirm that as well. But <laughs> from CBRE, he was great. He he worked uh, in conjunction with uh, the, another agent who was actually the agent for the space. Um, and and they they push it through uh, the owner who is an incredibly smart man uh, and in, uh, someone that I now look up to so much decided to go with us and I think that it's going to make a fantastic long term HQ it will. Um, f- for Cub long into the future so that's very exciting times sorry we're not telling you where it exactly it is <laughs> just picture what I use to describe because yeah we haven't really launched it yet so <laughs> we'll tell you when it's a happier time and, and it's more festive. But what about our clubhouses in general? I mean, how we've used the clubhouses have changed. How members Massively. use the clubhouses has changed so much since Massively. the start. Massively, yeah. I think we're, you know, as the as the community matured in terms of the size and the scale and the sophistication of the businesses that were involved, the clubhouse use changed drastically. Yeah, I think the the idea of having a you know, I guess an entertaining space um, and a collaborative workspace is still very important. But I think. You know, with the evolution of core as a product um, and the number of core forums uh, that we're going to be hosting as we continue to grow, you know, they should be built to facilitate that taking yeah. place, yeah. Um, to be the best environment for that product to run. I agree. Yeah. That, and that just shows that the more you, you know the lesson with core and, and the, like the, the lesson that translates to any business is that when we – my brother's starting a business at the moment. He's actually starting a digital members club for young men, helping young men become who they aspire yeah, to be. I love that. Yeah, it's pretty mad. It's called a Wise Guys Club. <laughs> um, but I was talking to him. I've been mentoring him and building it. And he, he, I was talking to him about what his product is going to be, what people are actually going to receive. And I said, yep. one of the things that we – that Cub suffered from in the first two years was we didn't have – a hard product. Yeah. You give me this many dollars, yeah, I give you this. Exactly this. And yeah. everyone that buys it gets exactly that. We didn't have that. It was more it was more blase community. Members had different experiences those first two years. And the more you understand, more you have a product, like a Big Mac. I got a Mac as I get a Big Mac, the same everywhere around the world. Yeah. The more that product is identified, the better you can create operations and things around Correct. your business to be more 
productive towards that product. For example, 100%. core, we design core, we update core every season, we make it better. And we can then um, improve the operations for core, turn the clubhouses into places to run core better, Correct. fit more groups, therefore Correct. fitting more members per club. They're more making more money and serving and helping more people. 100%. You know, it's so, fit for purpose, right? Yeah. It's, it's built to deliver your goal. Yeah. What does Amazon want to do? Amazon wants to deliver you whatever you want to buy as quickly as possible. That's why when you go to their warehouse, they've got the most sophisticated uh, picking and packing mm -hmm. systems. They don't have water slides in there because that would be no use in, in, yeah. uh, in fulfilling their yeah, goal. Yeah, it's not Google. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and Google's goal is to attract <laughs> the best web developers and web yeah. people and maybe they need some fucking water slides. Fucking know. You know, some bullshit <laughs> in the office. So it, it, that, it, that is actually a pretty good comparison. But my point is the better you understand your product, the better your product is just one product for all people, yep. the better you can design and the more efficient and more cost-effective you can make your, your your business. And that was always a big lesson with us because for a long time the clubhouse, we were a bit – like even, I remember when I first went to Mark Burris before Cub opened and I was explaining the concept to him. I walked into his office uh, in the city which is um, – What's that building? The, not the Chrysler building, the um, Chifley. Chifley, yeah. Kind of sounds like Chrysler. <laughs> yeah. It looks like. Um, when it's it's just um, across the road from there. Um, I walked into his office and you walk down this kind of long hallway, you push through this door that's like a secret door. You walk in and he's got this huge desk and he sits behind it. And, and it, it, he's also got something like behind his office, like a secret private area for himself. Like You don't know what's there because you can't really see, but he kind of walks back there sometimes. He, Anyway, um, it might be his change rooms or something. I don't know, but but uh, <laughs> so I don't really want to walk back there. <laughs> Sorry, man. But but um, but when I first went there, I was maybe twenty two or something, and I walked in, um, and I was sitting there, and he was telling me like, "All right, well, tell me what you, you know, what are you here to tell me about? Well, what is this business?" And I was describing it to him, and he actually said to me, "But why do you have the clubhouses?" Why yeah. are they there? How are they fulfilling to what your business is supposed to be doing? And I didn't have the answer at that point in time. I didn't know. I, I actually said, I, I just kind of felt like, well, we're making a business family. You've got to have a home. Like, it's got to have a, a place. But now we do have a specific we, – we, we, we learnt Definitely. how to use a clubhouse. We learnt what the clubhouse was for. And so sometimes you just got to kind of follow the river. You know, just Absolutely. business is a river. You kind of jump on the stream and you you just you, you you find a way to make things to make things work. Hundred percent. And sometimes it takes you know it takes the evolution of the product for you know only after what are we five and a half years will be six by the time the CBD opens. Only by now we're we in a position where we can go. We can design this clubhouse one hundred percent fit for purpose to mm. deliver our product, which is core. Exactly. Um, that right. takes time. It does. But if we had known that before bloody we started, if we had had better- We've saved us. Oh, my God. So many A lot years. of time and a lot of money. Yeah. I actually reckon Cubs' growth was stunted by, by that um, quite heavily. Oh, it was. Yeah, because we, we, didn't, we didn't get our traction for the first two years. 100%. But you can only play the hand you dealt as well. Don't forget a lot of the evolution of the product- and the development of the product has come from having the consistent feedback loop, whether it be good or bad, from our members who, whose opinion we, you know, we trust and value and, and obviously love having. Um, 
we would sit down at the end of every quarter and we'd have a list of notes and go, what do we need to do? Oh, we need to systemize the engagement. We need to do this. We need to do that. So I don't think we could have arrived at core without having, you know, had that that couple of years as, as painful as it fucking was <laughs> yeah. of yeah. of uh, of not knowing, you know, what is it exactly that we're selling and how can we best deliver it to, and, um, to our clientele. You, you know what else? We, sh- we should share with the listeners how we do our member feedback because it's probably re- like yeah, the, the pulse. community pulse, yeah. And um, so about two years ago, three years ago, when the club was getting bigger, uh, I myself wasn't able to kind of um, know many of the members and, and, and be friends with as many of the members as I was at the very start. And so I found myself more detached from the club and I wanted a way to, to keep my finger on the pulse of the club. And so I started catching up with members, uh, different random members every month, just for quick catch-ups. In at first it was in person, but the, or on the phone, but then it became on Zoom, quick Zoom catch-ups. They take about 20, 30 minutes, and I started getting great feedback. But it wasn't really formal or structured. So um, about uh, six months during COVID, we decided to formalize um, the that process and uh, make it a tool for us to continue. Uh, improving the club with and add it to our quarterly report. And we did that by creating what we call the Community Pulse. And the Community Pulse is a monthly uh, report uh, and it gets then collated to be quarterly report that uh, collates each interview that I have with with every member that I interview every month from 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 both clubs. Um, and normally there's about 15 to 20 uh, members in a month, so I obviously can't do that many, but it's enough for me to to keep my finger on the pulse. and And I interview people at different stages of their of their journey to hear what people are saying. Uh, different, like different membership years. So I'll interview a lot of people going to their second term, and I'll interview a lot of people going to their fourth term. Yep. Um, and I I write down everything they say. I put a report that's got it's a it's, it's a beautiful looking report. Actually, if anyone wants it, if, particularly members, if if they want to email for like a like an outline of the report, how it works, we can probably send that through. But but um, um, it, it I I ask the members, why did you join? What did you want to gain? Mm-hmm. I ask them, what has your experience been like? Has it fulfilled that? What do you think special about the club? What do you think the club's uh, negatives are? So if you had if there were negatives, what would they be or things we could improve? Yep. And um, then I ask uh, how they how they would see themselves using it moving forward. It's kind of like, you know, how would you see the club developing? What services could we be providing? What things could be happening? Yep. Um, and uh, I list all those things. And then I summarize all the interviews into a summary page that has uh, positive trends and negative trends. And what that means is we're able to ensure that our service innovations – and our um, uh, strategic decisions are aligned with what our members are saying, yeah. wanting. Absolutely. And any business can do that. Any business can formalize a member feedback report that they add to their quarterly report Definitely. and use that because you find out the coolest shit. Plus I, got to, I get to meet clients that I wouldn't – members in our case, but I'm talking as, as, as a listener, clients – that I that you wouldn't ordinarily get to meet, and you get to ask them about their story. Like you get to learn a lot about them, and and it's really, um, yeah, I I think it has a tremendous effect on 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 both the members, but also us. So I I recommend everyone, uh, every business has a community pulse report and system of which that they they implement into their business. Yeah, even if you've only got ten clients, obviously we're different. We have a thousand odd clients, like. You know, we we need some sort of 
structure. We can't know them all. We, we can't talk to, I, I can't talk to every person. But, but even if you had a manageable amount of clients where it was 20, you could still do a community pulse with them once a quarter. You know, catch Absolutely. up. How are you going? Because you also learn what, what's going on in the market for you. Wait, how's your business going? How are you handling COVID? You learn the members that are doing better in COVID. There's the members that aren't. What's the difference? Definitely. What are the industries? You know, so you get an insight in business as a whole. Definitely. Um, and it so community you pulse, to, do it, kids. Yeah, and it allows you to to build and develop your product and business to best suit whoever you are serving. Yeah, and yeah, and you know what the common negatives are. And you can address them. You can build them in to your quarterly to-dos. You can build operations that that uh, that help those things. Um, but that's a really good thing. And, and uh, one other exciting thing that we've got going on, which actually came from the Community Pulse in the sense that members were requesting the ability to search for each other, search for services, message each other, like, or, or, or that m- more instant connectivity, more freedom and power to utilize the network themselves. Yep. Boom. The Cub app was born. Yeah, it's happening. Yeah, it's, it is happening. We have lost tremendous amounts of money in the past building. <laughs> building <laughs> building <a> useless <laughs> technology. <laughs> Shit, it doesn't work. <laughs> but uh, we lost, what's the latest? Last year we probably lost, we spent maybe 100 grand. Maybe two years before that we spent another 120 Neither of them have any <laughs> shit happens. No, um, but now, now, my friends, we have Step Insight doing our app, a fantastic um, app development company. Um, uh, they've built us what is going to be uh, the next revolution uh, uh, for business owners uh, and the next evolution for Cub uh, as a business. It's basically LinkedIn for business owners, but not ugly. You know, it, it looks beautiful and it's it's exclusively for business owners uh, that allows them to best grow, manage, maintain and leverage their personal network of fellow business owners. Brilliant. How fucking cool is that? I can't wait. I'm sitting around telling Gail, I call Gail every day. I'm like, hey, Gail, how far? <laughs> Where are we up to? Yeah, because I want it as a like I need that as a product, and I know the members need that They're too. They're dying for it. Yeah, because how else can you connect to your business owner community? You might have a WhatsApp group. You know, it's not really good for that type it's, of thing. It's like we were saying before. It's not the vessel that's built for purpose. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. This is yeah, it. it's not. So, so the app is happening. It's going to be ready in. August, I believe it's going to be launched in September or October. Um, and this thing is going to, tr- I mean, it's going to allow members to add friends, create an inner circle, build boards, create teams of entrepreneurs that you can catch up with regularly. Okay, so we won't go into too much detail yet because <laughs> maybe we'll do an app podcast episode that has the once app in launched. detail once it's launched. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, forget everybody else I said. Um, Anyway, I think that is the next evolution as a company. And I think what's cool about the app is that it is – we built a very traditional business. We did. You know, in the sense that it was um, not venture-backed and not digital. <laughs> you know, it was a normal business where you had to make profits and <laughs> it takes time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Cub's very traditional it is. Business. It's modern and entrepreneurial in that we invented something that didn't exist. But the app is is obviously a different 
uh, a different beast and and it's it's going to make us tech entrepreneurs which i'm excited to because the goal is to make is to make i want to be the greatest entrepreneur australia's ever had but you got all these fucking canvas and afterpays and they've all got big valuations and i'm like i reckon like if they can do that i can definitely do that so <laughs> this app is go i'm going to jump in the techno technology ring and fucking go head to head with all these people because i'm 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 over being left behind by the technology people <laughs> i want to leave them behind so that's that's the that, that's the real goal with the app. It's not actually to help you. It's to me to feel better about myself. But but no, I think it will be tremendously useful for. I think so for business owners. It was us progressing as a business, and a lot of businesses can do that. It's kind of how can you deliver your service in a new and modern way? You know, in, in the digital world. Absolutely. Um, Cubs growing up all over the shop, like, um. The app's coming. We're getting a, a, a an adult clubhouse, <laughs> a big a big dog clubhouse in the CBD, um, and obviously our, the community got the community just just ticked over a thousand members, and and therefore our brand was no longer, in our opinion, good enough because you know when you represent a community, a, a group of people, especially Cub, we we uh, diversity is in our DNA. You know, we, by no means are we perfect in terms of diversity in, within the community, but but as far as leadership communities go, I, I, I'm confident we, we, you know, we're the most diverse and we have the, the best community in terms of that. Um, we need to have a brand that represents absolutely a broader, I guess, demographic of people. And and um, Cubs brand originally was designed for a 23 year old guy. <laughs> <laughs> Evidently so. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> hey, we're 29 and 30 now. <laughs> it's an adult brain now. Um, well, our, our actually, the most common ages of our members are, are 41 and 43. So so obviously our community is more mature than we are and, and our brand needed to mature as a brand because we're representing Australia's entrepreneurs. We're representing a community of accomplished business owners uh, who believe that business is a power for good, is a force for good, and that they're contributing to this world in a positive way. And and so we just went through a very long and another expensive project, a, a rebrand, and um, and uh, I mean I've learned I've learned a lot uh, about that and and, and the, the importance of, of of a brand and you know how people perceive you. Uh, what do you what do you think? I mean I think the response to it speaks for itself. It's been overwhelmingly positive, not only from. Um, internally from our own team and from our members more importantly but the wider community as well you know people that have reached out to us uh, that are familiar with the brand but but not necessarily associated or attached to it that have said you know hey this looks fantastic I think it's a much better representation of of what you guys are all about so I think that speaks for itself very true I didn't even think about that and, and really it's yeah it's it's a cosmetic it wasn't a facelift it was a bit of Botox Maybe you know, maybe <laughs> some filler. But yeah, it, it wasn't. It was like the brand's not completely different. No. It's just it. We've improved it. Yeah, it's um broader. It's more robust. It appeals to a wider audience, audience. within our audience. Yeah. It's more professional, mature. Yeah, and it better represents the makeup of 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 the current community. And you know, where you know we are else? at now. Yeah, and you know what else we could we could mention is the reason we did it was yes, we knew that the brand didn't represent our actual members because when the brand was created, we didn't know who our members were. Um, but the reason we did it also was because 
when we were uh, doing our Community Pulse meetings, mm-hmm. Community Pulse has really impacted a lot of shit. But when we were doing these meetings, a lot of people were saying that the brand – it was hyper masculine, so that you know they were mentioning it's it's very masculine. Even the podcast, like with me, that like growling with boxing gloves, <laughs> um, the brand was very masculine, and it didn't represent um, a lot of the beautiful side of Cub, the special part of Cub, which is the really closeness and the togetherness and the belonging, sense of belonging, and the real relationships and support formed and built it you know within the community and the brand didn't show that element it only showed the strength and of course the the club is strong it's a group of strong business owners but it's more than that it's it's got that family yeah absolutely um, that family feel in it and and so so basically the brand wasn't communicating the true value of our product yep and that was found only by speaking to the members and uh we acted on that um I mean, I believe as quickly as as quickly as possible. And look, we've released the brand as you mentioned, and we had tremendous. It was one of our most opened uh, emails. Yeah. So we email our entire community every Monday. I actually email them myself. I write the email. Sometimes I don't know what to say, so I just you know come up with really cool things. But <laughs> I've got a story about that too. But but you know, we I emailed them on Monday, releasing the brand, and uh, we had tremendous feedback. It was one of the the most open emails. They they love the new brand. They love the video. We had couple. We had couple people um, uh, say, "Oh, I didn't like that. I think maybe you should rethink that." Uh, and we took them into consideration too. You can't please everyone. No. But um, no. But that was really good. And so, you know, how we can make that relatable to any business is is with this experience. What I've learned is that you should be asking your client what makes uh, you know, what makes your company special. You know, for them. So, like, I was asking, what's special about Cub? And people were saying the relationships, the friendships I'm building that are, like, they're outside Cub now. They're long-lasting. And it, it's it's very – I have a great sense of belonging here. I feel comfortable, safe here. And asking them, do you feel like the brand is good? Does the brand represent that? No, the brand doesn't. Yeah, ask people what they think, what's special. And then does your brand – and do, do you, are we communicating what's special? Yep. And if not, look at – Vamping up, giving your brand a, 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 a bit of a facelift. You don't have to change the whole thing, but you just need to make it convey what is special, yep. what your clients feel is special and unique about your company. And and really, that's just cosmetic. That's just the appearance of the brand. The the deeper side to that is what we're going through now in a brand strategy. Mm-hmm. So uh, John Simons, as I'm sure everyone knows, is the one of Australia's greatest entrepreneurs, founder of Aussie Home Loans. Um, uh, connected me to a brand strategist uh, of whom he highly recommended. Um, then the, the one one thing's looking right, but the other thing is having the actual correct strategy. Where does your brand fit yep. um, in in the market? And that's something we've always struggled with because what market are we in? Are we in leadership communities, members, clubs, networking? Wait, what are we? We're, we're kind of a mutation. And, and uh, I think – uh, for, but for other most companies, it would be easier. For example, you're in digital marketing. Well, okay, where do you fit in digital marketing? Yep. What is what can people know you for? What's your position and what is your strategy to to achieving that? And, and um, so we're about to go through that process. And I mean, we can't speak much of it because we're, <laughs> we're not very good at it yet. But but um, um, I think that's also something. So it's your appearance, but then it, it's also your strategy. And and uh, as far as I take strategies, what makes you special? Uh, what can you do better than anyone else and what is your – how are you going to deliver that and, and, and present that to the market? Where do you fit in your market and what what, what is the layout of your current market? Mm-hmm. Um, and, Amen, how are you going in lockdown? 
Yeah, pretty good. Like it's, what's what are the challenges you're having? Um, look, I think the biggest biggest challenge is um, is just staying connected with the team. I think that's the biggest one. Yeah, just making sure that you're putting in the effort every day to jump on the phone, connect with your team members. What about you personally though? You're sitting at home by yourself. Yeah. You've got to shit. Yeah, it's boring. That's yeah. the main thing <laughs> yeah. for me. I need stimulation. I'm not built for a cage. Yeah. I um I like to be out. I like to be around people. I'm I'm fit. I'm healthy. I want to be at the gym. Yeah. You know? you, do, do you think that people are working thing. less in COVID or more in COVID? I don't think they're working less. There's less time. Like they're probably doing the same amount of output but they're doing it in less time. Yeah, in less time. Yeah, so they have more free time. So they have more free time. Yeah. And um. And what are you finding in the market at the moment? What are people saying? Uh, what are the team saying? People are saying in sales meetings, what are members saying? There's this element of uncertainty and limbo. Pause. And, and yeah, there's an element of pause. And um, and from a team perspective, yeah, I think it is, it's more difficult to foster that, that camaraderie and that energy that comes with sales teams, um, you know, through a Zoom screen. They're, they're highly extroverted people. They want to be in the room with one another. Yeah. They want physical contact. They want to hear one another's voices. That's what um, that's what drives them to perform. And so, what do you reckon are things people can do to kind of drive sales during these periods? Like, for example, you know, think what system ways to manage the team or um, offers for potential clients or like how do you get around the object? How could other people get around objectives. I know what we do. What are things people could do to get around objectives? Like, oh, can I wait till the end of lockdown? Or, or we're not spending money right now. Yeah, having having levers that you can pull that incentivize people to buy now as opposed to later is always a great one. But as as a, a great friend and mentor, Adrian Honduras, uh, always told me, never ever ever deviate from the proven system. If you've got you know data on your sales process for over five years and it's successful. You might need to increase your numbers because your show rates and your close rates might be a little bit lower, but don't deviate. Mm-hmm. You know, just power up and um, and push forward and encourage your team to do so. And I agree with Hondo because when you change, there's even it's worse because even in good times, you change anything. There's that inertia period where everyone yep. kind of does a worse job because oh, they've got to get used to a change. Yep. So imagine a bad period with a change. So really, in a bad period, you want to keep the consistency. If Correct. anything, like. That would be that would be uh, that would be a big thing, but um, maybe we'll finish with like still key lesson. What would be your biggest lesson in this lockdown? It's got to be that it's it's don't change, don't defer, carry on. If you've got the infrastructure to do so, like you know, for us, digital infrastructure, sales, all that sort of stuff, keep it the same. You know, it works, um, and and uh, communicate that to both your prospects your existing customers and your team because if you, you communicate that, it'll instill a great amount of confidence in all of those three parties. Yeah. Oh, I feel agree. Yeah, confident. Confidence is key in these times. My lesson was have cash in the bank. That is what you need because – Big time. If, if it goes wrong and you aren't doing revenue or what some shit screws up, you need cash. If you don't have cash, well, yeah, you're going to be stressed. If you lose cash that's in the bank, well, at least you know your business is surviving. It doesn't matter. You're going to push through the next month, the month after, whatever it is. Safe. Have cash in your business. Yeah. We don't know if there's World War Three coming. We don't know what's happening. So what we do know, though, is the more cash you have in your account, the more likely you are to survive, survive any fucking um, any situation. Because you can always cut costs and you can always find ways to reduce your costs and to restructure. But you need just enough 
time runway, to be right? able to do that. Yeah. And so cash gives you that. So my, my big one has been, whew, have cash. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. And, um, and I guess the last message I just want to send to, to everybody is it is a shit fucking month. It has been probably the most difficult month uh, for me and, and, and for Cub uh, forever really, definitely recent history. But it will pass. The economy will roar. The, the, the world is opening back up. Survive this month. Do what we can. Achieve the best result you can. Don't be down on yourself. Business owners are literally getting kicked in the face um, at this time in lockdowns, no one, everyone talks about everyone else. No, business owners are fighting to keep Australia going. We're keeping our our teams together. We're providing for the teams, providing for their families, uh, servicing and serving the people that we service. Business owners are our community. They keep the country going. And they, they're getting beat up right now. We all know that. But you know what? That can't heavy lies the crown. And if you want to be a, a business owner, an entrepreneur, Sometimes you're going to have to roll with these punches uh, and you're going to have to wait, wait till the you know, 12th round to, to fight back and, um, and you will and, and we will. That's certainly our plan. Uh, like we said, we've got shit happening. The clubhouse is coming. The apps are coming. We're growing the team. Uh, we're not letting this get in our way and I don't think you should either. Uh, anyway, hope you enjoyed this random show, this <laughs> ranty show of ours. Um, but um, hope you enjoyed the show. Cheers.